Well, I, I, hey, wait, hold on now. I mean, Will, you got to, hey, you got to keep the fire on the inside now. You can't be out here slapping people at the Oscars. We didn't work hard to get here now. But I, I, I understand. <clears throat> I mean, I knew you had it in you, but I didn't think you was going to get up there and slap the taste out of his mouth. I mean, it's, it's spit residue on the stage. You understand me? He ha- he can't taste tonight. Whatever Oscar dinner he was going to is canceled now because because with tasteless jokes comes tasteless sensation. And now he won't be able to enjoy food tonight. Okay? But, but you got to understand. You got to be careful because when you get to your highest point, that's when the devil tries to come at you. Okay? So you got to be careful. All right? All right, going back to your seat now. Tell Jada, say, hey, you slap He's like, why I don't need it. That's my will. That's right. <laughs> no, no, no. Go, 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 go sit down. That's my man.
Defender of Democracy. And Pursuer of Loose Women. <laughs> and here we go. Your modern problems will always be with you, but Johnny Benson... I'm making coffee. Anybody want coffee? I'm making coffee. That's okay. I'm watching the Oscars. Will Smith just bitch-slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Said no Ted Cruz ever. (laughs) Now, from the very moment that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, every female in that theater and every female watching on TV just soaked their panties. And every male just ended up in the doghouse. Welcome to April, everyone. Why didn't you ever defend me like that? ABC Sports presents, live from the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, the Smith Rock Fight. Hello, everyone. I'm Howard Cosell. The challenger weighing in at 129 pounds, standing 4 feet 4 inches tall. A mediocre opponent with a huge mouth. Chris Rock. He will face the champion, weighing in at 269 pounds, standing 6 feet 4 inches tall. He floats like a butterfly. He stings like a bee. Will Smith. (laughs) He is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? Well, look at this. The bell hasn't even rung to single the start of the round, and Rock seems to be chaunting the champion's (laughs) wife, who suffers from alopecia. (laughs) That was a a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh. Richard. (laughs) Hold on, fight fan. Here comes the champion. And he throws a right pitch slap, landing hard on Rock's face. Down goes Rock. Down goes Rock. Down goes Rock. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Wow, dude. It was a G.I. Jane jump. I'm going to, okay? Nah, that wasn't that hard, bro. Yeah, see, that wasn't that bad. That's what I'm saying. We can just go home. Don't lie to him, bro. He slapped the shit out of him, bro. You thought he slapped the shit out of me? He did, bro. Your head hurt. You said he slapped the shit out of you. Yeah, you said that. Man, hell no, then, man. Come on. Hey, let me see my shoes. Let me see my shoes. Bro, bro, bro. No, it's not too late. I'm saying, man. It's over now. No, I was playing. I thought he was playing. I didn't know he was trying to fight for real. Let me see Will. Oh, crap. I didn't know that. No, go get You should have did something while you was on stage. I didn't have no grip. I didn't think I had grip. Come on, man. I didn't know. I didn't know. Tell him, come on. No, tell him, come on. Your family was out there, buddy. I know. That's what I'm saying. My kid's not. No, my kid's not going to disrespect me now. You're not going to get no more serious roles in your movies, bro. Nobody's going to do that. Hey, stop playing. Go get Will right now. Go get Will. Go get Will, man. No, that's on the Oscars. That's love. Will! Shake my hand or something. I didn't think that joke was that serious. I was playing with Will! You know that's not something to joke about. 
and all that shit weak, bro. At home, all my life, bro, they been playing me like I'm a kid, bro. Everybody hates Chris. Bro, nobody, Every fucking thing I build, I'm not on joke, bro. bro. Well! People talk crazy about you. In this business, you got to be able to have people disrespecting you. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. But Richard Williams, and what I loved, thank you, Dave, Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful, that's when the devil comes for you. It's like, I want to be a vessel for love. I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena. I just spit, I hope they didn't see that on TV. Um, I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena and the Tyre Williams family for entrusting me with your story. That's what I want to do. I want to be an ambassador of that kind of love and care and concern. Um, I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees. Um, this is a beautiful moment and I'm not I'm not, I'm not crying for winning a, an award. It's not, it's not about winning an award for me. It's about being able to shine light on all of the people, Tim and, and Trevor and Zach and Sanaya and Demi and Ingenue and the entire cast and crew of King Richard and Venus and Serena, the, the entire Williams family. Um, Art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, just like they said. <laughs> I look like crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Tonight on NBC. Now this is a story all about how I slapped Chris Rock and sat back down. And some people say I'm wrong, but I don't care. I'll tell you why you don't make jokes about wifey not having hair. When Pookie came walking out on the stage, we had no idea we were about to get played. He said a little joke and everything was all cool, but she didn't laugh and now I gotta act the fool. Took a couple of strides up the right where he stood. Looked him in the face and I slapped him good. I gave him one little slap and the world got scared. But that's what happens when you talk about wifey not having hair. I won actor of the year, but nobody really cares when Diddy was up there. We're gonna kumbaya later. I'll see you tonight so we can clear the air. But I'll slap him again if he talks about my wife's hair. Well, since the fight, Will Smith has issued this statement. I'm gonna read it for you. 
Violence in all its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job. But a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I am embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There's no place in, for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, and all attendees and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for us all. I'm a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. And don't you just love it when the Hollywood elite lose their minds? You know, I said it in a previous episode, and I'm going to say it again because it certainly applies here. You can't control other people's behavior. What you can control is your reaction to their behavior. Will Smith needed to control his reaction to Chris Rock's behavior. Was Chris Rock's joke out of line? Absolutely. But Chris Rock is a comedian. And sometimes comedians have a hard time figuring out where the line is. And he stepped across it. It was not an appropriate joke. But that does not excuse Will Smith going up on stage and slapping the shit out of him. The only time a man has a right to put his hands on another man is when he's defending himself or defending someone else from intimate danger. Now, there's also a third possibility here. Could the whole thing be a well-choreographed publicity stunt? I mean, think about it. We have a nation that needs a distraction from a war in Ukraine, high gas prices. I mean, everyone's talking about politics. You're either on one side or the other. What a great way to get people talking about something else. Just something to think about. Maybe the whole thing was staged. It certainly got me talking about it. I spent the first 15 minutes of the program talking about Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And best of all, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Or as I refer to him as the Teflon Kid. It's time to wake up now. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the edible to kick in. The Valkyrie moment. Baseball is back, baby. Who's 
Modern Problems with Johnny Benson. Sound check. Oliver Taylor Hawkins was an American musician widely known as the drummer of the rock band The Foo Fighters. We could take a lot, actually. With whom he recorded eight studio albums between 1999 and 2021. And I was like, motherfucker. Before joining the band in 1997, he was a touring drummer for Sass Jordan and Alanis Morissette, as well as a drummer in the progressive experimental band, Sylvia. Taylor's friend. Yep. That's not an easy one. No. Oliver Taylor Hawkins. Born February 17th, 1972, Fort Worth, Texas. Dude, have you seen the surf go down to Bondi? Deceased March 25th, 2022, in Bogota, Colombia. Rest in peace, dude. I cannot wait to hear what DeSantis has to say about why he likely just lost most, if not all, of the $300 million from the Florida State Employees Pension Fund that he has tied up in, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Russian stock market. His spokesperson assures us that we just have to wait until the market in Moscow comes back around. I hope you're not planning on retiring in this century, Mr. DeSantos. On behalf of the Florida State employees whose money you just lost, this is for you. Fuck you. Oh, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you. I remember as a kid in school watching film strips in science class on how to survive a nuclear bomb which in essence was to stay away from the windows, crawl under your wooden desk, place your head between your knees, and kiss your ass goodbye. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov has said that Russia is not considering turning to nuclear weapons in the war in Ukraine. And it's reiterated Moscow's stance that the use of such capabilities would only follow a threat for their existence. Eskov told PBS that no one's thinking about using a nuclear weapon and that the Ukrainian conflict has nothing to do with any threat to Russia's existence. The comments come a week after on CNN he repeatedly refused to rule out that Russia would consider nuclear force against an extraterrestrial threat. In a PBS interview on Monday, Peskov been asked to clarify comments from former President Dmitry Medvedev, who has listed scenarios in which Russia reserves the right to use nuclear weapons if faced with an extraterrestrial threat. Russia has around 6,000 nuclear warheads, and Medvedev said that Russia's nuclear doctrine does not require an adversary to use such weapons first. Medvedev's words follow a nuclear warning by President Vladimir Putin that his nuclear force had been put on high alert following the invasion he ordered on the 24th of February. NATO Secretary Jen Stoltenberg condemned Russia's nuclear saber-rattling. 
Ebkoff said, we have no doubt that Russia will achieve all its objectives of our special military operation in Ukraine, referring to the official Russian description of war. But any outcome of the operation, of course, is not a reason for usage of a nuclear weapon. We have a security concept that barely clearly states that only when there is a threat for existence of the state in our country, we can use and we will actually use nuclear weapons to eliminate the threat or the existence of our country. Let's keep those two things separate, Peskov said. I mean, existence of state and special military operations in Ukraine, they have nothing to do with each other. All I can say is I want to be at ground zero. Let the blast take me out. I don't want to die from radiation sickness.
Nina with 99 roof balloons. She was one of my 80s crushes. She was so smoking hot, she made pit hair look good. Coming up, we're going to look at uh, all the news that's been trending for the past week. Also, I'll have the final word. And before I do sports, I'd like to give a shout out to all the Uber Eats, Uber drivers, uh, Lyft drivers, uh, DoorDash all you guys that listen to the Modern Problems podcast in your car, you guys rock. I thank you so much. The 2022 NFL offseason has produced a fair share of drama. Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady retired. Brady then unretires. Aaron Rodgers stayed in Green Bay, which is a mild surprise given last year's drama-filled offseason there. And Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Carlson Wentz, and Matt Ryan, they were all traded. Free agency and the 2022 NFL draft will dictate a few more switches, I'm sure. With a dismal 3-14 record, the Jacksonville Jaguars will have the number one pick in round one of the NFL draft. And I think they should be looking at Adrian Hutchinson from Michigan. He stands six foot six inches tall, 265 pounds. The Jaguars should consider bringing back offensive tackle Cam Robinson through some avenue to keep him in pass protection in front of Trevor Lawrence. That would clear the decks for them to take the best defensive player available. Hutchinson stands out with his relentless pass rushing, but also has shown a well-rounded game to handle all the duties of new coordinator Mike Caldwell's Buccaneers model 3-4 defense. Another dismal team with a 3-13-1 record, the Detroit Lions will have the number two pick. On their radar should be Kyle Hamilton. He stands six foot four at 220 pounds. The Lions should also think about an impact playmaker for their defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. The former star defensive back should appreciate all that's unique in Hamilton and what he can do for the secondary. He's an extra thumper to help the linebacker core and a solid inside cover man with a nose for the football. The Houston Texans will have the number three pick. They had a record of four and 13 last season. Evan Neal of Alabama. He's six foot seven, 350 pounds. The Texans should be looking to dump Larry Tinsel's gaudy contract that would leave a big void on their offensive line in front of whoever's quarterbacking and running the ball for them in 2022. Neal is more of a pure left tackle than Iki Ekawandu. That could tilt the choice towards him. Coming in at number four in the NFL draft, the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. They had a dismal 4-13 record, and I think they should be looking at Kayvon Thibodeau. He's from Oregon, 6'5", 258 pounds. The Jets should be thrilled if Thibodeau slips here to become the explosive cornerstone pass rusher for Coach Robert Sala, which will remind him of having Nick Bosa powering his defense in San Francisco, which makes great sense as the follow-up high first-rounder to quarterback Zach Wilson. At number five in the draft, the New York Football Giants, also with a 4-13 record. They're looking at Iki Ekwandu. The Giants, as expected, just removed the hefty contract of right tackle Nate Sauter from the books and 
here's their direct replacement for him, opposite Andrew Thomas. The new Giants GM needs to upgrade the offensive line well for the new head coach, Brian DeBall, regardless of who's at the quarterback position. At number six in the draft, the Carolina Panthers. They're going to look at Charles Cross, an offensive tackle from Mississippi State, 6'5", 310 pounds. The Panthers may opt not to take a quarterback early and instead address their biggest offensive weakness overall. Cross is similar in strength and power prospect to Ekwondo with his own mean and nasty blocking style. He has an untapped upside with his footwork and agility. At number seven in the draft, again, the New York football giants. They got this from the Chicago Bears. They're going to look at George Kalafidis. He's from Purdue, 6'4", 275 pounds. The Giants can think about loading up their offensive line, or they could use their second high first rounder to get their classic impact pass rusher. And Kalafidis is a different kind of Greek freak who has a great upside because of his rare athleticism. Oh, there you have it. Picks one through seven. Next week, we will have picks eight through 14 on modern problems. And uh, just to give you a look at what we think may happen in the NFL draft. Fun fucking fact. Two years ago, President Zelensky of Ukraine wanted to buy critical military supplies from the United States and Trump blocked his request. Not only that, but every single Republican senator except for Mitt Romney, voted to uphold Trump's decision. So when Republicans say that the Biden-Harris administration isn't doing enough to help Ukraine, infuriating is an understatement. Here's some breaking news for you. The House just passed a bill that would cap the price of life-saving but very expensive drug insulin at an affordable $35 per month. 220 Democrats and 12 Republicans voted yes 193 Republicans voted no. I'm sure the 3.42 million Americans with diabetes will remember your no vote in November. Well, Russian asset Donald Trump is at it again, trying to dig up dirt, Joe Biden, even asking Russian dictator Putin, who's kind of like busy right now, he's in the middle of invading Ukraine, you would think that he wouldn't have time to help Donald Trump get dirt on Joe Biden. In what bizarro world do we live in where a former president would ask the leader of another nation that we're like seconds away from being in World War III with for help to dig dirt up on a political opponent. Would the 81 million people who voted for Joe Biden please show up at the 2022 midterms? And if you could bring a few million friends, that would be helpful. It just might save our democracy. Donald Trump will go down in history as the first American president to have willingly betrayed his own country in service to a foreign enemy. Even worse, he poisoned our democracy with the big lie simply because he couldn't handle the humiliation of losing re-election. 
His acts of treason will be taught in history books for generations to come. And the name Trump will become synonymous with treachery. From the news desk, these are the stories trending at this hour. President Joe Biden on Thursday announced the unprecedented release of oil from the U.S. reserves and several steps his administration is taking to punish the oil companies for not increasing production from unused leases on federal land. The steps are an attempt to reduce gas prices while also putting an onus on oil companies to increase supply. The dramatic step, which Biden announced from the White House, confronts what has become a looming political problem months ahead of the midterm elections. Our prices are rising because of Russian President Vladimir Putin's actions. There's not enough oil supply. And the bottom line is, if we want to lower gas prices, we have to have more oil supply right now, Biden said. The president added, your family's budget to fill a tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war. The release would amount to a 180 million barrels of oil. The president said it would act as a wartime bridge as the U.S. global oil production ramps back up after the coronavirus pandemic. The decision was made in coordination with the U.S. allies overseas, including in Europe, though officials declined to say whether other countries were also releasing barrels from their reserves. Together, our combined efforts will supply well over a million barrels a day. Nations are coming together to deny Putin's ability to weaponize his energy resources against American families and families in democracies around the world, Biden said. The U.S. will restock barrels in reserve when oil prices are lower, the president said, which could further incentivize production going forward. Still, officials declined to say how quickly or by how much gas prices might come down as a result of the release, and they said not to focus on immediate short-term price movements in the oil market. Instead, they said their goal is addressing the lack of supply due to Russian oil coming off the market, adding that it would translate into providing relief for American consumers. The president warned oil companies against exploiting the situation to increase profits. No American company should take advantage of the pandemic or Vladimir Putin's actions to enrich themselves at the expense of American families. Investing those profits in production and innovation, that's what they should do. Invest in your customers, Biden said. The president said the second part of his plan to address the rising prices is to create American energy independence in the long term. Ultimately, we have a whole world that needs to reduce our dependence on fossil fuels altogether. We need to choose long-term security over energy and climate vulnerability, Biden said. Biden earlier this month announced the coordinated release of oil from the reserves in conjunction with other nations. He's also released about 50 million barrels in November, which is said to be the largest release from the reserves in U.S. history. Neither move has had a significant effect on gas prices, which have continued to rise as global limits on Russian energy exports have caused prices to spike. The United States consumes around 20 million barrels of oil per day, with global consumption hovering around 100 billion barrels. Biden's planned releases would put more oil on the global market, potentially bringing down cost. The president is also calling on Congress to make companies pay fees on wells from their leases that they haven't used in years and on acres of public land that they're hoarding without producing, according to one official. For months, the Biden administration has publicly pushed back on the idea that regulations are holding oil producers back from more domestic production, pointing to millions of acres worth of land with approved permits for oil and gas production. 
Companies that are producing from their leased acres and existing wells will not face higher fees. A fact sheet released from the White House reads, but companies that continue to sit on non-producing acres will have to choose whether to start producing or pay a fee for each idle well and unused acre. Biden will also issue a directive to invoke the Defense Production Act to spur domestic production of critical minerals needed to manufacture batteries for electric vehicles and long-term energy storage. The move from the White House adds critical minerals such as lithium, nickel, graphite, cobalt, and manganese to the list of items covered by the 1950 Defense Production Act, a Korean War era law allowing the president to use emergency authority to make large orders of certain types of product or expand productive capability and supply. It will allow the administration to support the production and processing of these critical minerals needed for clean energy transition. The Department of Defense will implement this authority, according to the White House, and will do so in consultation with tribal communities using strong environmental, labor, and community standards. Pope Francis confirmed that he was considering an invitation from Kiev's mayor to visit the Ukrainian capital. A trip was on the table, the pontiff said, as he flew to Malta. Kiev's mayor, Vataliv Kitschko, invited Francis to travel to the city in a letter last month. Kitschko said his presence there was key to saving lives and achieving peace. We appeal to you as a spiritual leader to show your compassion, to stand with the Ukrainian people by jointly spreading the call for peace, according to the letter. The death toll from an explosion that destroyed Mikhailiv's regional state administration building on Tuesday morning has risen to 31. Ukraine State Emergency Service said Saturday it added that 34 people were also injured in the blast. Rescuers continued to dismantle the structures and remove the bodies of the victims from the rubble in the building of the regional state administration in Mikhailiv. Regional Governor Vitaly Kim said shortly after Tuesday's strike that a Russian missile had hit the building, tearing a gaping hole in the structure and destroying his office. Representative Madison Cawthorn, Republican from North Carolina, broke his silence Friday after days of the GOP's uproar over his remarks on a podcast claiming congressional colleagues were using drugs and inviting him to sex parties. But in a lengthy statement, Cawthorn attempted to distance themselves from his own comments by suggesting it was Democrats and the media that made allegations about cocaine use and orgies. My comments on a recent podcast appearing calling out corruption had been used by the left and the media to disparage my Republican colleagues and falsely insinuate their involvement in illicit activities, he said in a statement posted on Twitter. On the podcast, Cawthorn discussed the sexual perversion that goes on in Washington and said that some of his older colleagues had invited him to orgies. And now the final word. You know, I recently read that Joe Biden's budget is requiring the upper 1% of the richest people in the nation to pay their share of taxes. And you would think that they were asking them for a kidney. The GOP's response was to make people making $50,000 and less pay 4% more, equaling something like an additional $4,000 Give me a break. People making $50,000 or less are struggling just to put gas in their car, are struggling to pay their rent, to keep the lights turned on, to buy groceries. 
Don't even get me started on the expense of healthcare. And God forbid if they're diabetic. Hey, rich people, stop whining about having to pay your taxes. It just makes me want to vomit. That's the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, keep smiling. When you're smiling, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. When you're laughing, Oh, when you're laughing The sun comes shining through But when you're crying You bring on the rain So stop your sighing happy again keep on smiling cause when you're smiling the whole world smiles with you Oh